You're listening to The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Welcome into the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios. Just over one week into the NHL pausing their season. We uh, hope to take your mind off our current situation for just a little bit here. Talk some pucks. And we actually have some things to talk about this morning, Brian. Yes, we do. The uh, chairman of the Chicago Blackhawks had some thoughts they shared with you and shared with... uh, the athletic and uh, interesting because we're not technically in the off season. Hopefully, there's a postseason before that, but we have a lot to uh, to, to discuss today. And we got uh, Brian Campbell coming on uh, a little bit later on in the show. But yes, I did speak with uh, Blackhawks chairman Rocky Wirtz earlier in the week for a podcast on NBC Sports Chicago, and we discussed you know whether he thought the league would resume and uh, award a cup this season. What the playoffs might look like. Might that include the Blackhawks? How about that? And we could get into that coming up in just a bit. But the big news was his endorsement of the front office. Of John McDonough, of Stan Bowman, and the work that Jeremy Colleton has done. And, you know, I asked Rocky how he would evaluate where his franchise is at as far as being a cup contender. Here's what he had to say. You look at everything. I mean, you're looking at salaries, you're looking at free agents, you're looking at signing college players, uh, free agents in Europe. Um, the nice thing is John McDonough and his crew and and, and uh, Sam Bowman, we have a good, in my humble opinion, we have a good organization. They will figure it out. On my, my epitaph and on my tombstone with my kids, it's going to be, and I promise you, it's going to be on there. So you, you go to Ivan Oak Cemetery after I die. He's going to say, just figure it out. I promise you, it's going to be the day I was born, the day I died, and just figure it out. They will figure it out. I promise you. So that was Rocky wow. when I spoke with him. And then he doubled down with Scott Powers telling him that there would be no changes in the Blackhawks' front office. Do you know what's going to be on your tombstone? Not yet. Oh, I didn't. Not yet. That, ro- <laughs> Haven't was got it, that far. Was it Roland Burris, the old Secretary of State? He had like he already had the mausoleum bought, and like every year he would update. He'd, they'd chisel something else in there. So <laughs> state senator almost bought a Senate seat. Uh, but, yeah, that's fine. Just figure it out, and certainly the Hawks more often than not figure it out. Is there a team, Pat, that's better with European scouting currently than the Chicago Blackhawks? That's a good question. I, I would say uh, they are one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. They, they have hit uh, time and again. And, you know, the, the guys that have come over have really played important roles in their success uh, over the last decade plus. And even you look at just Panarin recently. Um, you look at the, the surprise of the season, Dominic Kubel. Absolutely. First guy jumps to mind now. Uh, so then, you know, Rocky... Here's what he had to say to The Athletic about his confidence in McDonough, Bowman, and Colleton. Rocky said, well, if I wasn't confident, they wouldn't be employed. Yeah, I'm very confident. Like I said, we had a good run, but that doesn't mean when you're drafting 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th, you know it's a young person's game. You have to put work in there. Stan, right or wrong, after 10, 13, and 2015, you essentially had to trade half your team away. Yeah. 
Could we have been a dynasty if it was back in the Edmonton days? Of course. The 2010 team could have been around for a long time. But with the salary cap, you couldn't do that. It is what it is. got to work within the system. And it's interesting that he chose to talk about everyone coming back now because it's a quote-unquote pause. It's not the off-season officially. There are ways he could have spoke around that, saying, you know, we're still hoping the league resumes regular season, let alone playoffs. And in the off-season, we reevaluate everything and everybody. But to just come out and give everyone more than a vote of confidence, saying they're back, uh, I'm sure that irritated some Blackhawks fans, but I'm sure that uh, within the organization, if the chairman feels continuity is the best way to go, he felt fine saying it now rather than waiting till June, July, August, whatever it was going to be. What did you think of uh, Rocky's endorsement of the front office? Give us a call at 312-332-3776. You can follow the show on Twitter at ESPN Hockey Show. You can follow Brian at Brian Hanley 534 You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at BoyleNBCS. Uh, the other topic that uh, we talked to with uh, Rocky Wirtz is about, you know, just finishing the season. You know, what the likelihood of What's that. What's it going to look like, yeah. And, uh, you know, the different playoff models. Uh, here's what Rocky had to say on the prospects of finishing the NHL season. I think we're going to get the, um, hopefully, you know, the best case scenario, maybe or 90 days uh, or 60 days. You know, after 45 days, hopefully we can have a training camp, you know, of some kind. You know, maybe we can, you know, for hockey. Uh, 60 days, uh, guess what? We can start the season again, like the second week of May. Uh, we can finish the season off, and who knows what the what the playoff format's going to be. But I'm very optimistic. But we're going to be here. We're going to be able to resume this season, and we're going to go back. And, 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 and you talk to me in a year from now. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking the 16th of, 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 of March, and I take the market to be back where it was, you know, three weeks ago. That's my humble opinion. We're going to be fine. We have to overcome these short-term shocks, and we're going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to finish the season, and we're going to have the playoffs, and we're going to award the Stanley Cups. A lot of creative ideas are being thrown out there, and have you heard or seen any models that could include the Blackhawks and possibly a 24 team? And how much are you maybe crossing your fingers for a possibility of those bubble teams getting in? Well, sometimes your prayers are answered. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been lucky enough to have prayers answered. But uh, in, in my humble life, you know, when my birthday candle comes and, the, and, and, and all the candles are blown out and I'm still there, I know they were not answered. But uh, <laughs> you never know. But you know what? I think it's kind of like a horse race. That that home stretch when they come around the stretch, and every horse can win the race. That's the most exciting moment in sports. You know, we're talking about the Kentucky Derby, and you know. The, but this is really exciting, and I and I love watching Kentucky Derby every year. And when they come back on that home stretch, and I don't care you know, if I have a mental bet or a physical bet, I am on this. I, I'm standing up excited. I think this is going to be what the NHL is going to be. I think that anything can happen. I uh, and the nice thing about the league is nothing is sacred. They will look at every opportunity to make the game better. And, I, and I'm and i a big proponent of, of, of Bettman and his whole staff. They're looking at everything, and they're not saying, well, we, you know, we used to do it this way, we did it this way, we did it that way. No, I think it's really good. So I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic. 
So that was Rocky Wirtz on the Blackhawks Talk podcast. You also heard Charlie Romeliotis's voice on that. He sounds optimistic, and you know I know they're getting updates pretty much on a, on a daily basis from Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, and uh, who also had some very interesting takes on Thursday uh, to the NHL dot com uh, reporter about what what it looks like. They talk about it every day on a conference call and talking about keeping the integrity of the season. But going back to what Rocky said, interesting, if you had a 24-team format, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it would make great business sense because which teams are get in there? Your Chicago Blackhawks, wildly popular and also uh, you know very important to the league's success in ratings and everything else. The Montreal Canadiens. Yes. Two New York teams, Islanders and Rangers, right? Uh, it just happens to bring in all your major markets, which you absolutely would love to have if you're uh, Gary Bettman, Rocky Wirtz, everyone up in Montreal. So there, there, there's a business aspect to this proponent of, uh, of this as well. If So when the season was paused, the Blackhawks had a 3% chance of making the playoffs correct, with 12 yes. games to go. If they go to this 24-team proposal... And the five seeds through the 12 seed, which the Hawks would be the 12 seed, the last team in the West to get in, their chances would go up into like 36% of making the playoffs. So they've gone from 3% to 37% if indeed they go to that, that format. They would give the top four teams in each conference a bye, and then five through 12 would play a best of three to determine the bottom half of the bracket. And then from there, you know, obviously they've got different models, but you heard Rocky say kind of like mid-May is when they look to tee things up in the NHL. And we don't know if that would be crowdless games or if that would be in in front of uh, teams. So you would have that, that five through 12 situation where they would play the best of three to get in. And then your opening round would maybe be a best of three or a best of five, probably a best of five for the first two rounds, and then the last round would be a best of seven. Well, and in Bill Daly was talking about, you know, again, in terms of how you would set this up, does it make sense given hockey having a one-game playoff or play-in game to get those wild-card teams, the teams that were fighting for those final couple spots, just, you know, and then get to it? And he said, Maybe, maybe not. In the early rounds, you could go to that. I, I think you, you, you're probably more correct that it would be a mini-series of, of such. But the mid-May thing is interesting because obviously, you know, tonight at 5 o'clock, we're a stay-at-home order, uh, more strongly worded um, from the governor and mayor that, that, you know, this will happen until April 7th here in Illinois. California's doing that. Obviously, New York is doing that. So the CDC came out on Monday, and Bill Daly mentioned that as far as groups of 50 or more, are they're, they're discouraging that uh, for the next two months starting on uh, this Monday past, right? Right. So if they're going to need a mini camp or, uh, you know, get teams back together, if that, if that recommendation is still in order, and also we'll have to wait to see what other jurisdictions have shut things down or not but if you're just following the cdc now it could change hopefully it will change for the better within a few weeks but if you're just going on what they issued on monday you couldn't even have a mini training camp because obviously the number of people within that you would need to get the 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 players the coaches the trainers everyone else um even if you had games without 
fans, you would exceed that 50, right? I right. Mean, the officials and everything else. And, by the way, we've had the first player in the NHL, unnamed player from the Ottawa Centers, who, who's tested positive. And you have to believe within the next few weeks you're going to have many, many more because the NBA has certainly seen uh, a number of players, including Kevin Durant, that have come up positive on on this. I mean, so it's, it's so fluid. It's hour to hour. But the idea that the Blackhawks would get in, whether it's uh, you know a, a, a different type of format, has to get you excited if you're a Hawks fan. Coming up, the, uh, the salary cap is based on league earnings. And obviously, with the league being paused, the NHL is not going to make the money uh, they thought they were going to make. So that's going to impact the salary cap. We thought the Blackhawks were going to have a lot more room to work with and maneuver as they look to rebuild here on the fly next season. That may not be the case, probably won't be the case, but the league may do something that would really help the Blackhawks out in this area. We'll discuss, we'll discuss that next on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN 1000, the Hockey Show. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios. Just tell Alexa or Google to play ESPN Chicago on your smart speaker at home. Uh, So, Brian, we're talking about, you know, the ramifications of the pause. We don't know if this league will continue in a couple of months as the chairman, Rocky Wirtz, is optimistic that it, it may, and certainly a lot of us hope that we'll get back to some normalcy and we will see the NBA and NHL conclude their seasons. Uh, but the league will not make what they thought they were going to make. Right. You're going to, I mean, you, you hopefully come back for some, for the remaining regular season, but that's, I would say, highly unlikely at this part. So all the revenue that you're going to generate from that is off the boards. Now, so what is that? About uh, 14, 15 games for everybody? This point, yeah, about twelve, maybe thirteen games, uh, depending on how many you had left on your schedule. Uh, so, the salary cap will not go up what we expected it was, and it was going to make a, a fairly large jump uh, this year, which was certainly going to help out a team like the Blackhawks. But if the salary cap doesn't go up as we would expect, because of this, there's talk around the league that they may grant each team a compliance buyout. Now, this is what they did the last time the league went on a long break. And that compliance buyout would give you an opportunity to take that, that, that salary, that, that albatross that's around your, sa- the, your uh, salary cap structure that's holding you down. And we all know what contract that would be sure, for, here in, for the Blackhawks. It'd be Brent Seabrook. And I don't know if every single team has one of those, certainly not to the degree that uh, the Seabrook contract is, he's, he's immovable at this point. He has a no, a no move trade, uh, no trade clause because of his health and his production. He wouldn't be movable anyway. I mean, you'd end up eating a lot of that and he's got five more years left on the deal. Right, right. right. For this big, year for and then four money. more. Yeah, 6.875 million. So almost 7 million dollars 
a cap hit each year. So that would be really a, a blessing from the hockey gods to the Blackhawks uh, for Rocky Wirtz and the organization. So, it, but I, you know, that that sounds like a you know a, a possibility, and a, a boy, would that give uh, Stan Bowman some flexibility to do some things. The uh, deputy commissioner, Bill Daly, was on with uh, Cap and Company earlier this week as uh, Eddie Olchek sat in with the Cap man. And uh, they talked to Daly about the uh, options for returning to play this season. Well, as a practical matter, of course, there's a time uh, frame within which uh, something is possible and after which nothing is probably possible unless mm-hmm. we we wanted to run into next season. And, and I think our, our current... Um, you know, our current mindset is that we don't want to interfere at all with next season, um, uh, or at least being able to complete a season uh, in full mm-hmm. next season. So, th- there's realistically, of course, there's a timeline, but I think that timeline is very flexible, um, kind of depend to, depending on what transpires over the next. Um, uh, period of time, and and I can't even define the period of time because things have been moving so rapidly. It could be uh, a period of days before we kind of know where we are um, and uh, adjust to that reality, or it could be a period of months. It, it really is uh, uncertain at this point. Certainly, the CDC issued uh, additional guidance for the first time in a while on Sunday uh, evening. Um, indicating uh, that they uh, wanted to uh, avoid uh, mass gatherings uh, of 50 people or more for the next eight weeks. Now, eight weeks isn't set in stone. Uh, I suppose it could be earlier um, that that they might lift that, but I I think the more likely event is it's eight weeks or longer. So um, let's see, you know, how the the virus progresses uh, over that time period and make the, the best decisions we can given the information we have. So, you know, as much as uh, everybody would like to kind of jump to the end and say this is what we're looking at and this is when it would be played and how it would be played and where it would be played and who would be permitted in the, in the uh, buildings, I think that's, those are all variables that we don't have any answers to yet. So I think we have to keep them all alive. I think we have to continue to do work on them. Um, and and uh, make sure they're ready to roll out if and when it comes time to roll them out. And and we're doing that. We have uh, we have a lot of talented people uh, working on that um, uh, on virtually a constant basis and evolving those plans uh, as we move forward. And Brian, it sounds like uh, all leagues are are kind of w- working together on this because you're not going to see the NBA start. And the NHL still remain dark. If they decide to to return to action, both of these leagues are going to do this together. Yeah, no doubt about it, Pat. And when you look at it, and Bill Daly, you know, mentioned there, alluded to it, that every day they they look at their different scenarios and they discard some scenarios with each passing day or week, right? Because realistically, as he pointed out, the CDC thing already puts you into mid-May, like Rocky was talking about, trying to get the thing up and going by mid-May. Um, that is very optimistic because everyone agrees that you would have to get everyone back and, and at least have a week week or two to get back on the ice. And not knowing what that format's going to look like, uh, how do the players, do they just stay in shape? If you were one of those bubble teams and maybe you were, 
you know, you had that 3% probability to get in the playoffs. And, and they're not going to know what the format looks like for another month or so. And that might be optimistic. What do you do as a player? Do you just stay in shape, assuming you're going to be playing hockey again and, and maybe postseason hockey, right? Going right from 3% into the, into the Stanley Cup playoff? Uh, how does that? What what does that look like for for people? For it's very challenging for the player. We'll talk to Brian Campbell yeah. about that and get his thoughts on you know because now they're limited. They can't go to the facility to work right. out. They can't get on the ice to skate unless I guess they could you know rent ice time somewhere and and in small groups you know hit the ice to try to get uh, back up uh, to speed. But they're never going to get to where you know you normally would be as you would enter the Stanley Cup playoffs. You, you've got a lot of things in play here. You've got you know the they'll, league they'll year have fresh legs. Fresh, you will have fresh <laughs> legs. That's true. Um, you, you know the league year is is July first in the NHL. So a lot of contracts, if they're set to expire, would expire uh, by July first. Well, if you're going to extend the Stanley Cup playoffs into July. The league will obviously have to amend that sure. and figure out how those those contracts are extended. You also have the Olympics that are in play here. And I would assume somewhere in the near future, the Olympics will be officially canceled in yeah, Tokyo. They've been would... adamant that they're playing and they're going to have the games and no one's going to tell them otherwise. But the way this, this thing has been more I mean, the, than a little fluid. The last thing hour, I think you'd want is the world, world coming together. together. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it just doesn't seem Olympic Village. Sensible. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I just, it, I don't know how, so, how that works. So play, let's play that out. NBC from like July twenty fifth or whenever twenty fourth is when the Olympics are set to start through the first week in August. They've got three weeks of Olympic space ready to go. Well, if the Olympics get canceled, I think that would push. The likelihood of the NHL wanting to go longer into July and into August and put that in play because you've got that window. You're, you're you got that window, and NBC is the rights holder. That's right for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So all of a sudden, they don't have the Olympics, which is their bread and butter, which they spend billions of dollars on to promote all their other shows. They might look to something like this and say, "Well, well, you know what? Let, let's push to have that NHL season extended." And it'd be interesting how they balance that because you heard Bill Daly say that basically next year, next season, sacrosanct, right? They they want, if all things being equal, they want to start up on time next year, even if this is somehow a wash and they have to figure out, you know, how to award the Stanley Cup. I guess the the rules actually say that they award the Stanley Cup to the team with the most points if, if the season is uh canceled completely so it it will be interesting and, and again logistically i don't know when those decisions have to be made even to have that fill that olympic void uh for nbc and, and be the centerpiece of of summer viewing for for you know baseball hopefully be starting up at that point but who knows so the, obviously this is like you said it's fluid it's going to change week to week and these leagues must have all these different models set up for if you know, if it's 60 days out that we are going to try to resume, if it's, I mean, at some point you're going to have to say uh, there has to be like a drop dead date, too, right? right? Because you all of a sudden now you're affecting the following season as well. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, here's hoping that the Rocky wasn't just pulling a 24 24- team scenario out of his hat and that he's 
that's one of the things that's being considered. Again, it would make perfect sense giving the, the teams that would get included in that postseason because they're hockey hotbeds in Montreal, Chicago, New York. It would be a terrific uh, boon for the league, and, and it'd be great for Blackhawks fans. Last week on this show, we were discussing if Rocky and Jerry Reinsdorf would follow suit like some other NBA teams and take care of uh, arena employees, United Center employees who are missing game day checks here. And lo and behold, later that day, uh, Jerry and Rocky came together. And I asked Rocky Wirtz how that all came about, the decision to pay the United Center employees between Rocky and Jerry Reinsdorf. Here's what he had to say. Well, it was really very simple. So we got together on, on Friday, and we had multiple people from the Bulls, the Hawks, the United Center staff on the phone. And we were talking about back and forth what we were going to do. And we didn't come to any conclusion. So Jerry called me about 12 o'clock on Saturday and said, yeah, you and I can figure this out together. I said, excuse me, no, you know what, Jerry, no shit, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out because, you know, Jerry is a – I hope, I hope I'm as sharp as Jerry is in, in, in his business career as I ever will be. And he's a class act individual whose word is his bond, never takes a note because he doesn't have to because he remembers everything. And he said, you know, let's let's you and I come together. I said, okay. Now, remember, Jerry and I in 25 years have had only one disagreement in our whole business career. And that's what's the name, the build uh, the, the restaurant at the United Center, which is now Queenie's. He wanted to call it Rockies. I said, no, no, that's not going to happen. Even after calling it Queenie's, that's the only disagreement I've ever had. So within a few minutes, he said, okay, it's so much per game. You have seven games. I have seven games. It comes about three and a half million dollars. I said, yep. He said, you and I are not going to miss a paycheck, but the people that work for us are going to miss a paycheck. So I think we should pay them. I said, Jerry, I can't agree with you more. And all let, let's figure out how we can get the message out. And we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene the, the meeting, uh, the phone meeting we had on Friday with all the powers that may be and get that message out. That was at one thirty. By 2 o'clock, it was done. So that was Rocky and how he came uh, to the decision with Jerry Reinsdorf a week ago. Other to- names that they discarded for the restaurant, Alpo's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lornies. All Lornies. the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that was, yeah. Yeah. Pulleys. Oh, oh. The whole restaurant would be smoking though. <laughs> That's true. It'd be a smoking section. <laughs> uh, but that was, that was, you know, one of the nice things that, that we saw come out of, uh, of our tough situation that we're dealing with globally right now. But in our neck of the woods to see Rocky and Jerry step up like that is huge. It's, it's remarkable that those two guys only have had the one disagreement it was over the name of a restaurant yes i mean think of all the things that, that go into that building and you know scheduling and everything else and and you know god bless them it's, it's great to have a good working relationship with co-tenants like that right so how do players deal with this break this pause in their season how, how do they continue to train and uh with no games live on tv right now we are uh we are watching things like the 1996 NBA playoffs with the Bulls taking on the Heat the other night. And we're also seeing uh, some flashbacks to some classic games that the Blackhawks played in, like 2010 against the Nashville Predators. We'll talk to one of the stars of that Stanley Cup championship team. Brian Campbell joins the Hockey Show. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. 
Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank studios. You can reach us at 312-332-3776. We've discussed uh, Rocky Wirtz endorsing the front office so far. Some of the different scenarios the league is kicking around when they uh, may resume. Uh, may, may we see a 24-team format? It certainly would make for... You know, I know we're, right now we're missing the NCAA tournament, but uh, putting 24 teams in the mix, and as Rocky said, almost like a uh, down down the stretch they come uh, as a horse racing lover like yourself, it would make for some interesting times. Stanley Cup playoffs are already fun, but now you put more teams in the mix and, and, and some best of threes, best of fives, best of sevens. Yeah, it and look, I'm sure there are traditionalists out there who want the regular format, but any playoff would be good playoff right now for NHL fans. Well, let's bring in right now a, a 2010 Stanley Cup champion. He is currently the uh, player development coach, one of them, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Brian Soupy Campbell joins us now on the Hockey Show. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? Well, I'm doing as good as I guess we all can be, but... Uh doing my part for the uh, community and trying to keep three little ones busy. <laughs> yes. So how's that going? So, you know, your dad of three, uh, you and Lauren coping as all of us with the social distancing. You've got three kids under the age of what now? Uh, we're six, four, and two. Okay. So how, how are you and Lauren dealing with this? Well, it's going all right. I think we get we got better as the days have gone on, but uh, at least our kids still want to hang out with us and they're not old and older, older and want to hang out with their friends all the time so it hasn't uh, gotten too boring yet for them so but uh, it's definitely a crazy times you know brian i've been binge watching soup and a sandwich uh in between <laughs> ba- breaking bad episodes so yeah um everyone's trying to figure out a way to watch and they're, they're you know pat said you can watch some of those great stanley cup runs but this this is weird for players uh, not knowing what the season's going to look like coming back when it's going to come back do, do, do players just have to assume they will be playing hockey again and keep in shape? And I know these days you know, most players are, are pretty much in shape year-round anyway, but uh, how, mentally, how, how do they prepare for this? Uh, it's a really good question. I, I really don't know the answer to that because you think about it, everything's taken away from them, even how they would train in the off season. So, you know, it's all basically on your own right now, and, you know, it's, you know, whether you live in an apartment complex and you're using an apartment gym or going outside and, and running and it's just it's never gonna simulate game games or being in, in hockey shape. There's uh, such a drastic change and even a couple of days off from hockey you can really uh, you know, find how hard it is to stay in that in that hockey shape. So um I mean, it's going to be a really big challenge, you know, with lockouts and stuff that we've had in the past. You know, at least you're, you can find ice and go out and skate and, and do those sorts of things. So, um, you know, they've talked about the training camps, and I think they are going to have to be longer than um, maybe like the, I think it was the old 05 lockout that they they had. Uh, you know, training camps are going to have to be longer um, than they were in the past. Hmm. 
Brian Campbell joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. I was reminded about this. I, I didn't really remember it, that you were quarantined back in 2003. I guess there was concern that you had been exposed to uh, the SARS outbreak, and you missed like three games, never had symptoms. What, what was that whole ordeal like for you, Brian? Well, it was a lot of the same stuff that nobody had answers for it. So what had happened was I think my my sister-in-law and my brother work in a hospital in Toronto. They came down for a game. I think it was like on a Sunday night. And then on Friday, she was full-blown symptomatic, uh, got it from a patient. So she was in the, in, um, in the hospital at that point uh, getting, you know, isolated and everything. But meanwhile, I couldn't play hockey because I had told – the doctors, this is the situation, and I was, but you had to be full blown symptomatic to get um, to pick up SARS. So, my brother's going to work at hospitals in Toronto, and he was with her a lot more than I was. And meanwhile, I was quarantined. So, it was a lot like it is today, where you know there was no answer for it, but it was obviously probably better to be on the safe side with everything. So I think it's um, you know it's uh, just nobody had the answers, and right now we're kind of searching for for the answers as well. Brian, what what would be fair? Bill Daly was talking about different scenarios. The league has to prepare for a playoff format, and you know, here's hoping they get regular season games in before that, but you know, who knows? Uh, but in terms of talking about keeping the integrity of the Stanley Cup playoff, it, the, the, the idea of a one-and-done game, is that fair to anybody? Does that make sense, or is hockey a different type of animal when you're talking about uh, playoffs? Yeah, I would like to see it at least be you know, two out of three, if it has to be that short. I, I One and done, it's just you run into a hot goalie, you run into uh, some bad breaks, some penalty trouble, what it could be. So, um, you know, obviously the longer the four to seven is the magical, but if it has to go down to, um, you know, a two out of three series, then you have to do that. So I don't know. This is uh, This is really crazy even just to think about where – everything can go and the trade deadline and teams that gave up draft pick for players. And, and then, you know, how, what if there's no playoffs for that? Um, obviously always with salary caps and everything else is talked about. So it's, um, you know, I wouldn't want to be those guys right now. And, and obviously you got to make it fair for all 31 teams. Brian, let's discuss your current role with the team uh, as a player development coach. Last year, you would go to London several times to uh, spend time with Adam Boquist. Man, we've seen a uh, a great first step in the National Hockey League for, for Adam so far this year. We got our first peek at Nicholas Bodin last week or before the, the season was paused. Uh, Ian Mitchell looks like he'll be ready to join the team. Uh, give us some thoughts on what you've seen from uh, Nicholas Bodan, and and have you spent any time with with Ian Mitchell other than uh, like the prospect camp? No, I haven't. Uh, Mark Eaton's gone to see him quite a bit, um, but uh, with Nick, he he kind of had a a tough start, like anybody would, and I even had that tough start when I was playing the American League and, and trying to figure it out. Um, you know, before he got called up, probably for about three weeks, you know, he was really making some great plays, some great outlet plays. You could see him, his uh, compete level was going up, his pace of play was going up, all those things that you want to see and you're hoping to see. 
Um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit longer. So, you know, I think it, it took him up until then, but it was nice to see you want to keep seeing strides throughout the year. And, you know, I'm new at this and learning, but I definitely saw those strides and kind of seeing how the, the progression goes. And look, we got to give, you got to give these guys time. You know, I think that's the, the biggest thing is, you know, they're 20 years old. It takes time. Not everybody's going to be Alex Sabrinkat or, or Patrick Kane and, and and everybody develops at different times. So uh, with a guy like him, you know, I think it's um, it's nice that he made that stride at the the end of the season. And I think you know you look at what uh, Adams done, and he made that he you know he even hit he got off to a little bit of a rough start learning the league, and then he started making some strides, and then he gets called up, and and we've seen him make strides in the NHL level. So. You know, those are the things you you want to see them kind of go up that curve the right way and not be up and down uh, throughout the season. And when you look at the European players, your old uh, your old soup and sandwich uh, mate uh, Artemi was certainly more developed. Uh, Kubalik has been terrific. So they're older, younger players. If that makes sense, Brian. Um, when you you know, how much of an advantage do they have over kids like Doc, who are are just thrown into the mix at such a young age and physically aren't even as mature as they're going to be? Yeah, that's why we have to give him time. And, you know, what do you think he's going to look like at 23 is is the question. What's he going to look like at 20, you know, with the strength? And you've seen him make strides throughout the season. And, um, you know, some of the plays when he gains his confidence, I know throughout the uh, middle of the season, you know, maybe he, he kind of wasn't putting up the points and, and loses his confidence, but he did a lot of other things right. You got to remember that these guys go in and in the junior in in junior leagues you're playing on weekends only, and even in the American League you play Friday Sunday Friday Saturday Sunday games where the NHL they just come at you it just feels like you got one day off then you play again one day off or two days off or they're back to back so the the waves that it comes at you it's you know I even talked to Adam you know just before this whole break and I'm like how are you doing with everything and. And he's like, you know, it just keep the season just keeps coming at you. And I'm like, you really got to find time to to take care of yourself and and mentally. Don't worry, you know, you want to work hard on practices, but you really got to when you're in the NHL, you really got to ramp up for every single game and make sure that you're ready for that. So, you know, that's something that he's learning uh, how important it is to ramp yourself up for the games and and doing your off ice work. Um, you know, maybe you don't go as hard in some practices, but he's got to be ready for those games because that's what matters. So besides binge-watching soup and a sandwich, one of the uh, the neat things we're getting to see here in, in recent days is a look back at some of the 2010 Stanley Cup playoff games. Tonight is Game 5 against Nashville. I still think that that game is the most important along the trek of those three Stanley Cup runs. Uh, because of you know where the Hawks were at down against Nashville with just a few seconds to go, uh, that would have put them down three two in the series. Going back to Nashville for a chance uh, for them to end your season, you guys of course rally. Hosa comes out of the box, and the rest is history. Uh, but what's it been like for you? Like to, I mean, because obviously your kids weren't alive. Have you have you brought the girls around and, and your son just to and say, oh, you know, this is what this is what Dad used to do. Yeah, I think I think my girls get it a little bit. They they're like, 
you know, even the other night, I'm like, hey, look, the dad's game's on. And they're like, they look up for a half a second and they're right back to <laughs> with their Barbies or iPads or whatever. Um, I got a question. Is that the most, is that the, you know, is that the biggest game in Blackhawks? I, I guess it wouldn't be a big, biggest because it's an elimin. it wasn't an elimination game, but is it one of the most important games in the history of, you know, kind of the Blackhawks? Because after that, we just kind of, we got the mojo going. We just kind of took off from there. I don't think, you know, there was much in the way after that or there was going to be, you know, obviously there's steps and things that we had to go through. But to get that out of the way and get that game and win that game was just, it just elevated everybody from then on. So, um, Do you remember what the feeling in the room uh, right before that game was? Yeah, the feeling was great, I think. You know, you're excited. The feeling wasn't great in the third period. Right. But, you know, but, you know, I think the feeling after you win game four, um, okay, let's go. You're back on home ice. Um, but it was it was almost like let's just throw everything at, at, at them at the end of the game and see what sticks. So, you know, we all say if Martin Erat didn't throw that puck out, you know, the, the game, it would have been over. You know, he – probably made a, a ill-advised play there and, and sent us back the other way. So, um, But after that game, when you get that confidence, nobody was stopping us at that point. Yeah, and I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's it's one of the biggest games in Blackhawks history because if you lose that game and you end up going to Nashville and you, you uh, get eliminated, you still were up against the salary cap. The next two years were, were one and dones in the playoffs. Who knows the direction the the franchise takes? Maybe they deal uh, one of the core pieces that ended up uh, winning three cups here. So I mean, I don't I don't think it's it's overstating it to say uh, that that game is is the biggest or one of the biggest, certainly uh, of the Blackhawks modern era. I have to ask you the question: After Kane gets the equalizer. And you still have, I don't know, four minutes or so that Marion Hosa needs to serve uh, to start overtime. What was what was the the situation in the room? The euphoric feeling of you got it to overtime, but you're still a man down for the first four minutes of OT. I think we felt pretty. We we did feel pretty good. Like you, you think about it, and you're always thinking, okay, what are they thinking in their locker room? And they're like, whoa, yeah. we just gave up a shorthanded goal. We got to try and get a power play goal, but we don't want to give up another one either. Um, you know, you think about that, we're us. We were like, jeez, we've just been given another life here. Let's just, let's go kill this off and and get on the board kind of thing. So, you know, our, our locker room was a lot in a, be, in a better place than their locker room was, that's for sure. And I think we even realized that, you know, and, and talked about that in the locker room. And, you know, we had all the confidence in the world. We all talked about it in the the locker room we knew exactly i don't even know what the time was i want to say it was like three minutes and 23 seconds like it was like something that's almost ingrained in your head <laughs> what we had to go out and do and for some reason that number comes to me but it was almost like we had to go get this done for that time and then we can really move forward where you know just think what they were thinking so uh we we're in a better spot than them at that point well no disney jr tonight you uh you have the kids no. gather around and have them watch game five of blackhawks against the Nashville Predators. That's on NBC Sports Chicago. I think it's 7 o'clock. So check that out, all right, Brian? Yeah, I'm done. yeah, I'll be waiting for your text. The other night when you texted me, I was like, I wanted to watch the game, and then obviously we had 
bath time and everything else. So I said, Lauren, I got to go. I got that. <laughs> gotta go. This is the game I'm I like, return. I gotta watch this. So well, pe- people I forget. Put on the TV. So. People forget that you'd return from uh, your broken collarbone for that game. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting game for myself. Very uh, interesting mentally because I don't know if I should have been playing, but uh, that's hockey, was, baby. Uh, that is hockey, right? <laughs> All right, Soupy, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you down the road. You're the best. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Stay safe, everybody. You Appreciate too. It. Thank you. Uh, the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 returns after. You're listening, listening. to The Hockey Show. Show. Blackhawks fans, you have a new home to talk hockey. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Final moments of the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Thanks to Brian Soupy Campbell for joining us. Thanks to uh, Rocky Wirtz for sitting down and doing a uh, podcast earlier in the week as well. And uh, what do you got coming up uh, on the extravaganza after we make a line shift? Brian? Well, we're going to, uh, uh, Jeff Mellon and I will talk about Ryan Pace's week. Good, bad, uh, how you feel about it, what needs to be done, what's left on his to-do list, and uh, how he goes about doing that as well. And, um, you know, there were, the NFL just chugs along, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle their offseason after the free agency goes and the draft goes. You can always have a draft via conference call or whatever, televise it in a studio without many people. But, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about NFL-wise. But, um, you know, I was thinking about how people are kind of killing time on social media. One of the uh, uh, Twitter streams going on was uh, five jobs you had uh, in right. your life. And one of mine was actually freezing ponds at the in the park district, going okay. going park to park back in the day in River Forest, and uh, putting down the ice so everyone could skate during the winter. So nice, yeah. So it, well, so g- give me give me two more of your other. Uh, I was an RA in college. All right. I was my first job was the Chicago Daily News paper route. Okay. And then I ended up working the Chicago Sun Times for 26 that years. That was fitting. So when you see yeah, when you see all these people with different jobs and, and how it fits their personality, it's kind of a in, intriguing way to uh kill some time. Our thanks to our producer extraordinaire Eric Ostrowski is always uh, getting the hockey show on the air each and every Saturday morning. He's thank, the man. Thank you for listening as well. That's a wrap on this edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll catch you next week.